The following is a hoop ball presentation. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hoopball Sixers. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and let's jump right into some pretty big news. And this news, not necessarily huge news for the team, but for all the fans. Um, as everyone knows, Mark Zumoff sadly retired in the summer, and after many months, the Sixers have finally named their new play-by-play announcer. And they have named Kate Scott, who has called NHL games, Pac-12 football games, and even called some of the Olympic games this year. And she will be the first female full-time play-by-play announcer for any NBA team. And personally, I really like this this hire. I think really great trailblazer in her field. One thing that's interesting is that she does not have any direct ties to Philadelphia, but she seems very qualified. I listen to some of her work, and she seems very enthusiastic all over social media. She's saying how excited she is to get started with the team, and I think that's really all the city needs is someone who can get excited about the Sixers and bring everything, bring energy. Obviously, there's not going to be anyone that can replace Zoo. What he did, all his signature catchphrases, everyone loved him. Him and Ala were such a great duo, but Ala will still be there, and hopefully Kate Scott can fill in as well as anyone could for, for Zoo. Other news, rookie Charles Bassey has signed his rookie contract finally. Um, Sixers were looking to make it a one-year deal, but... Bassey wanted more, and ultimately he did get his way, signing him to a three-year deal. Um, This doesn't seem too important, but as a late-round pick, we saw last year when Joel Embiid was injured, um, there was definitely a need for that third-string center who became the backup. Dwight was inserted into the starting lineup sometimes. Sometimes we would just run some small ball and didn't really have a a pure center in that lineup. Got killed on the boards, and the, the Sixers really could use some more depth at big man because you can't really rely on Joel Embiid staying healthy. Updates on Ben Simmons, obviously probably the most talked about news in the entire NBA right now, definitely with the Sixers. And Doc publicly went out saying the Sixers want him back. Um, They think they can win with him. And Ben replies, yeah, I'm not playing for you. So this, I mean, if it wasn't already, looks like the official end of the Ben Simmons era in Philadelphia and I wouldn't call it as unsuccessful as other Sixers fans would. Um, obviously, never reached the ultimate goal. Never made the Eastern Conference Finals, which is really tough. A lot of injuries limited a lot of that. Um, last year, obviously, we know was was mainly... I wouldn't call it mainly Ben Simmons' fault, but he was a huge part of the reason that ultimately didn't finish up that season the way we wanted to. Um, overall, two-time All-Star... Um, all defensive player, could have been a defensive player of the year, was was the runner-up. And during the regular season, he really just, um, he looked great. He was one of the best best defenders in the league, solid playmaker. And, excuse me, he's a three-time All-Star, not a two-time All-Star. So, just wanted to clear that up. But, yeah, during his time in Philly, he really showed... His promise, I mean, one of the best passers in the league for sure. 6'10 point guard with so much promise, but the fact that he could never develop, obviously, was ultimately what hurt him. So, where we're at now, no leverage whatsoever. Started off, Simmons was staying in Philly, not sure what was going to happen. If we traded him, we traded him. But the main reason we would have traded him was to get something better in return, whether that be Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal. It looks like very promising that we were going to ultimately get a good package for him, unless we kept him around, which... 
looked small possibility, but was a small possibility at the same time. And that all went out the window once we couldn't get Dame, couldn't get Beal, wouldn't add Maxi to trades, wouldn't add Matisse to trades. And I don't know how bad of a decision that was, but Ben finally requests out. And even at that time, right when he requested out, there was still some some decent options on the board that have now been taken away or diminished a little bit. And, and as things progress, it looks like things are, are getting worse. However, there's still many good options. Um, first of all, the Rockets announced Wall. They want him gone. While he's up there in age, has injury problems. Uh, definitely be an explosive point guard to replace Ben. Uh, could add role players. Uh, Denwell House, the guy that comes to mind. Solid, solid wing. Obviously, we mentioned in the last episode that the Sixers do have a decent amount of wings, but House provides some defense and gets some draft picks also from a bad team, and that's something to consider. Timberwolves still have their hat in the ring. There was a rumor that Carl Anthony Towns requested out. Um, obviously, not would not go to Philly, but um, potentially room for a three-way trade there. Haven't heard much on that, but just a thought because... Two big names right there. If a, if a team, they want Ben, a team wants Cat, could send a big name to Philly. Guy like Bradley Beal comes to mind. But again, Sixers would have to give up more than just Ben Simmons, most likely for that to happen. Um, continuing, Spurs mentioned last time, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker never appeared to be taken off the table. The big name in that for me is Keldon Johnson, even more than DeJounte Murray. Having that, that power forward, great rebounder, athletic guy, is kind of key, something the Sixers could really use right now. But ultimately, I think there's better deals on the table. One interesting one that's new, I've heard a couple days ago, there's an inside source who said Ben Simmons has been in rumors with the Denver Nuggets. And this really surprised me. I was thinking going down their roster, who could the Sixers really get that would make sense? And Michael Porter Jr. is, is the main guy. Now, most people are thinking Jamal Murray, point guard, point guard for point guard. I don't know if the Nuggets want to let go of Murray like that. I don't know if they would use Ben Simmons like that. They have arguably top two, three passer in the league, Nikola Jokic, at the center position. So they really need a scorer at the guard position still. And, and him and Murray work well together. Obviously, Murray torn ACL, so still concerns there. But Michael Porter Jr. would just be a huge get for the Sixers. They have Tobias Harris. They're, they're kind of similar players, but at the same time, if you, you're getting a smaller guard to replace our 6'10 uh, point guard right now, um, some size could be used in the starting lineup. Right now, it looks like the starting lineup, without Ben Simmons, is probably Maxi at the 1 for the time being, um, Seth Curry at the 2, either Matisse, Danny Green at the 3, Tobias at the 4, and Joel at the 5. And that 3 position could really use some size. And and Michael Porter Jr., trust me, we're not just getting size with this guy. Elite score, getting better every season. 100% all-star potential. Put him in as the second option, and and that's just an incredible get. If the Sixers could somehow pull something off to get Michael Porter and some sort of backup point guard that could even like start, like a guy like Monte Morris would be ideal, but I doubt Denver wants to let go of him. One of the best six men in the league last year. Facundo Campazzo. Uh, 29-year-old rookie last year, playmaker. Not a guy that I would love starting for the Sixers, but a guy I would love coming off the bench if, if we trust Maxi enough for that. And um, a guy like even like P.J. Dozier, Austin Rivers are, are just veteran guys 
Rivers more of a veteran than Dozier is, who could step up and play some starter minutes at point guard. And if we surround them with a solid nucleus, uh, you know, Austin Austin Rivers is, is a fine point guard to play with good bench options. So I, I'd personally like the Nuggets out of anyone if they were willing to give up Michael Porter Jr. How likely that is, I'm not sure. How much they want Ben Simmons would probably factor a lot into that. How much they are in love with uh, Porter Jr. He's going to be due. Uh, he'll make a lot of money. Ben Simmons obviously making a lot of money. And that just seems like a really, really good get for the Sixers at this point. Michael Porter Jr. right now, um, only on, on a small contract, but he'll get he'll get his big deal soon. Other options, the Blazers. This has been the main team in all of the rumors, starting with uh, Damian Lillard, obviously, going to CJ McCollum, then backing out of CJ McCollum, then now offering supposedly CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, and draft picks. I like this deal. And a lot of Sixers fans are saying CJ's okay, not an all-star player, getting up there in age, not a point guard, but we need a guy who can create his own shot. Obviously, this is the thing. This is why Ben Simmons is not performing in the playoffs. We've seen the importance of guards in the playoffs for the last five, ten years. Look, every team that wins championships, starting with the Warriors dynasty, okay, obviously. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, come on. Just guys. Steph, arguably the best of all time shooting. What well, is the best shooter of all time? Arguably shot creating is just remarkable. When the Cavs made it every year, Kyrie Irving, LeBron, okay, you can call him a small forward, call him whatever you want. This man can play point guard and he plays it pretty damn well. Lakers, same thing. They had LeBron. They even had a guy like Rondo, not a shot creator, but when you have LeBron James on your team, it's okay to uh, be just the great passer that Rondo is. Um, the Raptors, when they won, huge part of that was Lowry and Fred Van Vliet stepping up monstrously when they lost. Uh, Warriors lost Steph and Clay, came back and, and or not Steph and Clay, excuse me, KD and Clay. The Raptors, Fred Van Vliet went crazy insane in that series, ultimately won, almost won finals MVP, but of course, Kawhi Leonard was just too good. And the latest example is the Bucks, and, and the Bucks could not get over that hump for years. Everyone was saying, it's Giannis, he can't play in the half court, and ultimately, it was not Giannis. Um, Giannis personally think he's the best player in the league at this point. Um, in the last three years, has won two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals, Finals MVP. That resume is unbelievable. And the real difference here, as much as I love him, going from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday, um, Drew Holiday, obviously former Sixer, but just seeing the difference in that team with Drew Holiday at the helm rather than Eric Bledsoe was was just was just insane, especially in the playoffs. Obviously, they're both great defenders. Bledsoe was an all defensive player for them, but the real difference was was offense. And and Bledsoe was okay, uh, pretty decent playmaker, uh, good finisher, but. But Holiday has that scoring that Bledsoe just, just lacks. The shooting, uh, he can create his own shot. Bledsoe cannot create his own shot. Can't hit open threes. And, and ultimately, that was why they were able to finally get over that hump. And that's what the Sixers need. They need a scoring guard like that. And C.J. McCollum is not necessarily Drew Holiday in the sense of... Because he, he is a better scorer, but he's also not that, that point guard. But when your team's built around a big... And I consider Giannis a big... You're going to need to get yourself some of those guys that can score the ball and take some of the attention off of that big. And before this season, we really hadn't seen many teams built around a big man win anything. And Giannis, not your traditional big man, one of the most athletic players, one of the most freaks of nature we've ever seen in NBA history. 
but it proves the point that your best player doesn't have to be able to just be a guard, be this elite scorer, be LeBron James in order to to win a championship. So it does provide some hope for Sixers fans. Moving on to the final deal that looks plausible is the Cleveland Cavaliers still offering guys like Sexton, Okoro, draft picks. And the more I think about this trade, the more I don't like it. And this is simply because I'm not a fan of Colin Sexton. Great scorer, show that he can score the ball through his first couple years in the NBA, but is just not that winning player. And he doesn't seem like he fits the identity of this team. He's been very selfish through his whole career. It's been apparent through the Cavs wanting to trade him already. Teammates not loving him. He's had a lot of arguments, had some some issues. And if I was going to do a deal with the Cavaliers, if I were the Sixers, it would be centered around draft picks. And again, I do not like this. I think it's wasting a decent amount of Joel Embiid's prime. Isaac Okoro is a fine player, nothing too special, and I prefer one of the deals that gets us a guy that can help us win now and through the next couple of years and give us a chance than making like a package deal with the Cavs consisting of a veteran like Kevin Love and a bunch of picks that help our future. Because truth is, the Sixers really should be targeting to win. This window is closing on Joel Embiid. He's done so much for the city, just extended him four more years. They need to try to make this four years, every single year, a chance for a championship and not just a first, second round exit and building for the future more. So the other option, which is very interesting, I've seen some places, is don't trade Ben Simmons. And what? He's he's not playing for us. I'm aware that he's not going to play for us, but how much does it benefit us to trade Ben Simmons right now? He is at the lowest his value could possibly be, and the guys that we mainly want are not available. So our options are take one of these deals, get a guy who can maybe help us win, but in reality, the team is not getting any better, and and we haven't won anything more than one playoff series in this run with Ben. We're getting worse players. What makes the Sixers think that, that now would be our year when the league is getting better. There's teams like the Nets, like the Lakers, just absolute powerhouse teams. And the Sixers get worse, and they think that getting a guy like C.J. McCollum instead of Ben Simmons is going to be what propels them to a championship. I personally just do not see it. Also, to say, sitting at the trade deadline, the Blazers don't look like they're in the playoff hunt, and Dame becomes available. Well, in this world where the Sixers trade Ben for next to nothing that can propel them to this championship, he's gone. We have no assets to trade for Dame, and all of a sudden, we're out of that sweepstakes. The The Wizards uh, lost Westbrook. They got some okay pieces, Kuzma, Harrell. They're probably not going to be in the playoff hunt, and Bradley Beal becomes available here, and the Sixers just have no pieces. They don't have Ben Simmons anymore. So holding on to him hurts us for the start of the season a lot. However... If something opens up, it may be the thing that finally gets the Sixers over the hump, gets them that extra piece, that Bradley Beal. This is Bradley Beal would be the heaven sent player for the Sixers. Just pure scoring guard, go along with Joel Embiid. Beautiful. Got Kyrie Irving. You never know with Kyrie. Now I've heard rumors of retirement because he needs to get vaccinated to play at Nets home games. They the Nets decide, hey, we can't have this and the best option they have for him is Ben Simmons, and Kyrie is a gamble, but 
a pretty good gamble, I would like to think. So any of, of these pieces that might become available would obviously be better options than what we can get now. And if the Sixers decide to stick it out and, and not take one of these deals, you never know. Something like that could happen, and they could propel themselves to a team that realistically has that chance at a championship. Moving on, I'd like to talk about Doc Rivers for a second. A lot of mixed feelings about Doc Rivers in Philadelphia right now. Heading into the playoffs, there were not mixed feelings. Um, people believe he should have been coach of the year. What he's done is incredible. What he did without Joel Embiid when he was injured was incredible. And then you get into the Hawk series. And you get into Game 7. Keep Seth Curry on Kevin Herter. Scores 27 points. Um, terrible defensive adjustments down the stretch. Matisse Thibel fouls on a 3, ultimately. Huge play that, that helped to cost them this game. But he's back. No moves were made on the coaching staff with uh, Doc Rivers. He'll be here again. And I personally don't know how I feel about Doc right now. I think that I have to give him the benefit of the doubt because although that series was hard to watch, a lot of the adjustments that that weren't made, more than that were made, were were very difficult to watch. But I think that, that he's a great players coach. The players love him. He's shown that he can win, also shown that he can blow leads, clearly. But... That that winning that winning culture is really needed right now. Losing Dwight Howard, obviously, not that big of a loss. Gaining Andre Drummond, but that is championship DNA. That's lost a lot of experience. Lost so having a guy like Doc Rivers that that knows what it's like and, and able to provide that insight, super important. Also, a lot of these adjustments not really his fault that he couldn't make because the bench struggled significantly in the playoffs. One guy specifically uh, I'd like to cover, Matisse Thybul. Um Defense was pretty good. But ultimately, lack of shot, um, could not make free throws. Um, the Ben Simmons play, pass it up. Matisse went one for two from the line. I would not call that his fault. Well, I'd call them his free throw his fault. I wouldn't call the entire play his fault, considering Ben and a wide open dunk. But Matisse really does need to improve in, in some aspects. And all defensive team with 20 minutes a game is just ridiculous. Uh, it's unheard of. The stuff that he provided in the minutes, in the minutes that he played was just, was just unbelievable. But, his biggest weakness is just offense as a whole. And I know that's a very broad category, but specifically his shooting needs improvement. Um, he's very aggressive. He's very athletic. So the stuff that you can't really teach and it's hard really to teach is already there for Matisse. So that free throw 44% last year, 30% from three, brutal. That needs to improve major. I mean, only shot. Um, 0.3 free throws a game. He needs to get to the line more, but he stays aggressive, finishes at the rim pretty decently. So if he's been working on a shot all offseason, just gets it a little better. Look, he doesn't need to be a sniper. He's, he doesn't need to be like an elite 3 and D, although it would be really nice. But his defense is just so good that he just has to be able to keep a defense honest and, and have them respect his shot. And ultimately, he becomes that much better. And that's really what's going to allow him to be a starter or not. It's on his defense. If, if, if he was starting based on defense, he would have been starting rookie year. Um, his offense is just such a liability. And if he can just be okay, just, just make the defense put a guy out there on him and, and have him drive and get to the line and be able to make his free throws once in a while, all that kind of stuff is just so needed for him to be, make this step. And Matisse Thibel with a decent offense ultimately becomes so valuable for the Sixers. And... I don't want to say one of the best players in the NBA, but depending on how good he, his offense gets, he could get there. 
You see a guy like McCall Bridges, the jump he made, his offense, his shot looks incredible, obviously known for his defense, but his offense improved, and he was a key piece to getting the Suns, the Suns to the finals, and Matisse could definitely be that guy. So before we wrap things up, I just want to go over the current roster, um, the projected lineup right now going into the season. This is without Ben Simmons, ultimately, because he's not going to play. So take this with a grain of salt, because... The guys that we would get in a trade for Ben Simmons ultimately are not in this, but starting lineup, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. Second unit, point guard, probably Shake Milton, Danny Green. Him and Matisse are interchangeable at this point. For Furkan Korkmaz, George Niang, and Andre Drummond. And then the final rotation would be guys like Grant Riller, Isaiah Joe, uh, Janet Springer, Paul Reed and Charles Bassey. And looking at this right away, I see the biggest holes, obviously, at point guard because Ben not here and and the guys we get in a trade, ultimately, someone would probably fill in at point guard. And the other spot is small forward. And we there's a lot of depth there with Matisse, Danny, and Furkan. But the size isn't fully there, which the Sixers, we know, love to play with, with a lot of size. And Tobias isn't the biggest power forward in the world. Honestly, could be moved to small forward if the Sixers got a guy that could that could run the four. But I think in a trade with Ben, besides obviously looking for that point guard, the next best position you can get is a small forward, power forward. Not like a pure wing player because Seth, one of the best pure shooters in the league. Danny's still there. Shake probably moves over to the two if a point guard is brought in because Maxi would come off the bench at the one. And that still leaves a little bit of a hole. Obviously, George Niang and Paul Reed aren't phenomenal options at backup power forward. Not saying that necessarily has to be a backup power forward. Um, very positionless basketball nowadays. But that position is probably the biggest need at the moment. Having more debt there, a veteran presence. And that's, again, where the Nuggets can come in. And why I love the Nuggets trade more than anything. They have guys like Jermichael Green, Jeff Green, Will Barton. Just like even maybe if they're not going after MPJ and they put together a package with with Aaron Gordon. I don't love that, but he would be a good player for the Sixers. Regardless, I think they really could use an improvement at, at that position. So it'll be super interesting to see what happens with Ben. Hopefully, well, I don't know if I want to say hopefully, but... By the next show, Ben could definitely be out of Philadelphia. Something could have happened. And, yeah, just thank you guys for listening. And I know it can be difficult at times, but keep trusting the process. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.